Hey everyone, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of the S-Cubed Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Steve Sales. Hope everyone's had a good Christmas or just holidays, you know, whatever you're celebrating. Uh, I've been home for about a week now. I've got to hang out with my friends a lot, been with my family, have more relatives coming in over the next couple of days. So I'm going to be busy, but you know, it's good. I'm always happy to see everybody and Christmas time is just a lot of fun, you know, just time to relax and let go of some stuff and it's been good. Um... I saw a lot of movies so far. I've seen in the last week, uh, Knives Out, Star Wars, and I just saw Uncut Gems last night. So I'm probably going to talk about a lot of that. Um, I want to do the NFL like major awards uh, just right before here before the season ends because at this point, I think nothing's really going to change. Like I don't think any of the races are close enough where it would be like, oh yes, like this, this, and that are all going to change based on one last game. And then we'll just get into that, and then we'll probably do the playoffs next week. So the NFL stuff won't be as much today as it normally is. I'm uh, also going to apologize in advance because the vents around my house carry sound very, very well. And I'm currently up on the second floor of my house, and Andy's down in the basement. And for some reason, I can hear Andy belting Dear Evan Hansen while he's playing the Xbox. I don't know if anyone else can hear that. I'm going to try and put a pillow over the vent and see if that helps. But if you hear that, that's what that is. No ghosts. Nothing I can really do about that. So a uh, word from one of our sponsors, and then we'll get right into it. So I'm going to start out by talking about Uncut Gems, because I saw that last night, and it's just freshest in my mind. So I figured if I have opinions about it, I should probably get those out, you know, while they're like as clear in my mind as they are. Um, I enjoyed Uncut Gems quite a bit. I don't think it was... I didn't enjoy it, I think, as much as I might have expected going into it. Like, I think it's a it's a very good movie. I don't think it's a great movie. Um, they have a, a lot of things that they do really, really well. Like, they have a, a bunch of scenes where there's a lot, there's just chaos, you know? Like, there's a lot of different things going on. It's a very stressful movie. Uh, very kinetic, I would say. There's, there's so many moving pieces. And they handle all of those scenes where everyone's just kind of going crazy and stuff. And they do that really, really well, I think. Uh, I think the the first part of the movie kind of it suffers like from some pacing problems a little bit, so it's kind of hard to like get into it. But as you settle in, it's it's really nice, and I think a lot of the actors did a really great job. Kevin Garnett is hilarious. If you actually like see a lot of the interviews and stuff that he does just on a daily basis, because uh, I mean I think people can see like he's very much a a larger than life type of personality, and he's not stiff or anything like he's, he doesn't feel like he's acting going into it. Like he really is playing himself. I, I listened to a podcast with him and Adam Sandler and Bill Simmons the day before I watched the movie. And then I saw the movie and it's literally, it was the exact same guy. Like he was able to channel himself very well and you can totally, it makes sense that like someone like KG would see this Opal and be like, Oh, like this makes me play better basketball games. Like that's totally something he would do. And it, it works very well. Like, I think that that could have been a problem for a movie like this. You know, if the actor, a, a pivotal actor that isn't an actor doesn't work out, like, that can kind of ruin your movie. But I feel like he was actually one of its biggest strengths. And they played that very well. Um, they, they, you know, they had a lot of other cool uh, performances. Idina Menzel and Julia Fox were both very good. Um, I enjoyed them quite a bit. Um, Adam Sandler was awesome. He really was. Like, he, he was the gambler that was going to win or lose everything. And I think they kind of portrayed that struggle very, very well. He was like a very 
kind of tortured human being in this movie. And it was a nice change. This is the first like good Sandler movie that I've seen. Like I, you know, I've seen a lot of his silly stuff, like grownups and click stuff like that. But like, this is the first one of his movies where he actually tries that I've seen. So it was a nice departure. And I thought he did very well. I mean, off the top of my head, I would probably nominate him for uh, best actor or something like that. I'd have to watch the other movies, but if you said he did get nominated, that would make sense to me. Like he played that very, very well. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it was a very solid movie. Like they, especially towards the end, they start leaning into the whole like degenerate gambler, like going, risking everything to get everything back type of thing. Like they did that very, very well. It was a very stressful movie. Like it was always kind of turned up to 11 and I thought that was really cool. So I don't know if it's necessarily like one of my favorite movies of the year, but I did really enjoy watching that movie. Um, I don't want to, I, I will get into a ton of spoilers cause it just came out and if it's, you know, and it's pretty good. I think people would want to see it. Um, I was surprised actually because it came out on Christmas, I believe. And I saw it was today the 27th. I saw it the day after Christmas and the theater was packed. Like I really didn't expect there to be a ton of people other than me. And there were like six or seven of us that saw the movie. And the theater was basically full, which I thought was interesting that because I feel like this was more like a low key movie. But I guess, you know, Adam Sandler brings in a lot of viewers, regardless of like what kind of movie it is. So I think it's going to end up being pretty successful. And I hope that uh, Adam Sandler has some success with award shows and stuff as well. So I would give this a, a rating of go see it and expect to enjoy it. Um, all right. So I'll talk about Knives Out next. And this probably was one of my favorite movies of the year. I had a ton of fun with Knives Out. Um, you know, the the formula for like a whodunit type of thing has kind of been like played into the ground a little bit. You know, it's it's pretty easy to expect like, oh, here's the twist, blah, blah, blah. All the, you know, it's kind of they all kind of end up being a little bit derivative of each other. But this played it around with it really nicely just because you end up knowing more about what actually happened than I think you would expect going into it. And then the it kind of shifts focuses from some of the characters you think they would focus on more towards um, the roles that you wouldn't expect, which you'll see when you go into the movie. I certainly, in my head, I had a, a very different picture of what I was about to see compared to when I was actually seeing it. It was quite different, I thought. Um, a lot, and the, the performances all around were just really, really solid. I mean, off the top of my head, Michael Shannon, uh, Daniel Craig, Ana de Armas. Um, oh, I'm forgetting one more. And Chris, Chris Evans was delightful. He is definitely, I would say, like the polar opposite of his Captain America, you know, like old boy, like good guy schmuck. And this was definitely not that. He was he was not a nice dude and he was clearly having a bunch of fun with that. And I was having a bunch of fun with it. Daniel Craig with his weird like Kentucky drawl was really fun, too. Like he wasn't just some serious type of detective. He was a little goofy and it was it was fun watching him do that. Um, and the, just the, the family dynamic, like, I feel like that it did that very well, like capturing kind of how people would react to what's going on and the family bickering and arguing with each other. That was all done really well. I thought like, yeah. And even like they have the things like the, the political conversations at Thanksgiving, like stuff like that. Like they did that very well and it was all be like very believable and it was kind of amusing to me. Um, so Knives Out was a blast. I would totally recommend to go see that and that yeah that is definitely one of my favorite movies of the year and i almost missed it cuz i didn't get to go to the movies very much out in college and i thought it was out of theaters when i came back in town but it had at least one or two more weeks left so i was able to see it and i'm very glad i did that was a lot of fun okay 
Next up is uh, Star Wars. I have a lot of opinions. And I feel like a lot of my opinions are not going to be able to be accurately portrayed unless I talk about the spoilers. So what I'm going to do is I am going to give like a brief like two to three minute talk without spoilers. And then I'll take an ad break. And then I'll do a longer thing about the spoilers because the that's a lot of the stuff I want to get into. And obviously Star Wars is huge. I don't want to spoil that for anybody. So if you haven't seen Star Wars yet, you can listen to these next couple minutes and I won't spoil anything. But then once we go to the ad break, then you should probably skip ahead to I'll I'll uh, I'll add in a clip after the fact and I'll timestamp this. So pay attention to that and skip all the spoiler stuff, but stay for the non-spoiler stuff because I think I can still kind of convey it afterwards. So, all right, here we go. Three, two, one, non-spoiler section. Here we go. I, d- I still don't even know how I fully felt about this movie. I wish I had Nick over here to talk to me about it too, just kind of sound my opinions off. But like, I didn't hate it. Like, I, there are a couple people I know that have seen it, and they absolutely hated it. And I didn't hate it. Um, there were a lot of things that were very, very cool. I've always been a big Kylo Ren fan. I think he's my favorite character in the trilogy. And I think that the stuff they did with him in this movie, I actually, I enjoyed quite a bit. So I think that that helps in terms of my overall enjoyment of the movie, because I ended up enjoying what they did with Kylo Ren and how his arc was handled. Um... But I, I had a lot of problems with the movie. I did have I actually I should get I should mention there are a lot of really cool moments that I'll get into in the spoiler section. Like they do a lot of cool stuff in this movie. But I think that there's enough stuff that I just really, really disagreed with that it, it just dampened my excitement for this movie overall. Like I I I feel very mixed about this movie. Um I should mention that I am a big fan of The Last Jedi for the most part. Uh obviously people a lot of people loved last jedi and there was a group of people that hated the last jedi and i can kind of see where both sides are coming from i guess um and i i think if you liked last jedi and a lot of the stuff they did there you're not going to enjoy some of the big stuff that they do in rise of skywalker because i think last jedi tried to do things a little bit differently and kind of pushed the, the star wars into a little bit different of a direction i think i thought that was really nice other than because generally, other than the casino planet thing with Finn and Rose, I enjoyed uh, Last Jedi quite a bit. Again, like the Kylo Ren, Rey connection that with the Force things and, and all that. I really liked all of that stuff. I thought that was handled really well. You, you know, they talk about fuel and like stuff that was never really brought up, but was it's you know kind of realistic when you're doing space travel. I thought it was a really fun movie that subverted a lot of things in Star Wars, and it was fun. But they. Lucasfilms and Disney, clearly they listened to a lot of the people that complained about that and shifted a lot of things the other direction. I think they went a little too far. Um, I think that one of my biggest problems, and this I don't I don't think this is a spoiler, but they they very much try to prop up uh, not Kylo Ren, uh, Poe, Finn, and Ray as the new Han, Luke, and Leia, right? Like that's their trio of main characters. And I like each of these characters individually. I, I really do. I think that Finn, I think Finn has always been underutilized as the stormtrooper that left, you know, like that really was not explored as much as it should have been, I think throughout the course of a whole trilogy. Like the him and Phasma, I, th- I feel like that should have been uh, more of a focus in the trilogy, but whatever, that's, you know, it's too late for that. But I think that they, 
they try to force this dynamic between the three of them that is similar to what Luke, Leia, and Han had. And I just, I don't think it works because, um, what am I trying to say here? They, they didn't get to do as much throughout all of these movies. Like by, by the time you get to Rise of Skywalker here, they're, they're doing a lot of their work together and they're, they're more friendly with each other. And it, it's fine, you know, if, if they, they don't hate each other, obviously, but like it, it didn't make a ton of sense, kind of the bonds that they have, considering that most of the stuff that they're all doing in the last two movies has all been kind of separate. So it doesn't feel quite as genuine or it just doesn't feel right. And I think the, the first half of the movie is very, very fast paced. Like they're going to a lot of different places at once and it's really kind of hard to just settle in and get acquitted with everything that's going on. I think the, because eventually like the, the main, the main twist with the movie, again, I had a lot of issue with, but by the end you kind of just like, you have to accept that it happens. And once you, once you're okay with what's going on, uh, not when you're okay, but like once you've accepted that that's what's happened and that's, what's going to continue and you can settle into it. They do a lot of cool stuff. Like there is some of the scenes from the trailers, like the the water scene, the fight scene between Ren or Ray and Kylo Ren. Like that stuff's really cool. Like they do do a lot of fun stuff like that. But I think that they try to focus too much on the nostalgia. Like they they clearly think that these mo- these new trilogy movies can't stand without connecting a lot to the old movies and i think that's i think that's a mistake like i can see why a lot of people would like that because people like those original star wars movies a lot but i think that they need to let they needed to be able to let this trilogy kind of stand on its own a little bit without having without needing a ton of support from those old movies and that's about as far into that as i can get without spoiling the movie so i'm going to stop there and i'm going to take an ad break and then right after the ad break, I'm going to get into the spoiler stuff, and that's going to be a little bit longer. So here is a word from Anchor. All right, this is a reminder. I am talking about Star Wars going pretty heavy into spoilers here. So if you weren't paying attention before and you're listening now, I'm going to give you five seconds and then you can skip ahead to the next part. Five, four, three, two, one. Okay, here we go. So um, how do I want to start this? Okay, I, I'll start off first with my original point that the the main trill, the main trio here just it doesn't work quite the same way. It's just like the I, I forget is it is it clear I can't remember if it's clear how much time has passed since Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker, but I don't think it was much. And if it if it wasn't much, then it really doesn't make sense how the three of them kind of work together and are like friends. Like Poe and Finn are actually like friends that like bicker with each other. And Ray is Ray is fr- well, Ray was friends with Finn anyways. But that it's just weird because unless we just missed out on a lot of adventures that they were on, it just seems kind of strange that they're you know making jokes with each other and all that. It just it, it wasn't it didn't fit quite right to me. Like it didn't feel as earned, I guess, as like the original trilogy did in that regard. Um, I think one of my Another one of my biggest, my bigger problems with it was just sometimes like they, they insert these quips, like they almost tried to make it like a, a Marvel movie sometimes with 
you know, always having these like slick one-liners and, you know, sometimes they're kind of funny, but it doesn't always fit with what they're doing. Like the, the snake in the cave when they're down there, like, and Poe is like making jokes. I'm like, dude, come on, like, just, just stop for a second, you know? And it, it, it didn't always feel, it, it didn't always feel like it was the right place to do that. Like they needed to have like some humor in every single scene. And I, I don't think that's the, that's necessarily the right thing to do every now and then. And they were trying to do that a lot. They kind of did it in Last Jedi too a little bit, but it wasn't it wasn't as egregious I would say as it was in this one. Um, and then I guess just this is the big the big thing like Ray is Palpatine's daughter, and I hated that. Like I really really hated that because watching Last Jedi, I really really liked that they were doing something different like ray was ray was born from nobody she was her own person she wasn't connected to any of the other movies in any way it was just about an individual working towards becoming a better version of themselves without having any genetic predisposition to something like that and they they totally 180'd it for i i honestly can't tell you why like i i just i to me it would have been much much more compelling if it was just her by herself and and again, the Palpatine thing, like, I'm sure if the Sith never die, that's fine. But I mean, we had Snoke, or, like, we already we already did Palpatine. Like, what what's new? Uh, whatever. Like, I guess I would have preferred if when they had their little clone thing or whatever, and they bring Palpatine back to life, I would have preferred that they had they brought Snoke back to life and just used him as the avatar for all the Sith, kind of like Rey was the avatar for all the Jedi in that scenario. Like, that just would have it would have made it would have been much more appealing to me. Same thing. Like, I just I. I don't think Ray needed to have a connection to all these past movies. Like I think it, I, I like, I would like it more if it wasn't just the Skywalkers and like this very small, very small section of people that have access to these powers. Like I think it was, it was much cooler, like what they were doing in last Jedi where they're like, no, like more people can use the force. Like it's, it's not, it's not the small, like they're not using midichlorians or whatever. Like that, Oh God, it, I, I, I keep stopping because it just, it, it frustrates me so much because it really just wasn't, it, it, that was not for me at all. I was not a fan of that, but the, again, the Kylo Ren stuff, it, it really worked for me. Like he, the whole trilogy has been about him and his conflict with who he was versus who he wants to be. And eventually he, he doesn't just kill the past, you know, he, he kind of embraces, you know, his family and the light side and everything. And he, you know, he makes that sacrifice and he doesn't want, he doesn't want to be involved with the Sith or the Jedi. He just wants, he wants it all to be gone. And I think I, I liked the choice he made. I always really liked the dynamic between him and Ray. I will get, I, I'm going to give myself props because I, I kind of, when I, I rewatched last Jedi a couple of days before I saw rise of Skywalker, and I saw this kind of, I almost thought it was like a, a romantic type of connection between Ray and Kylo Ren, but nobody really talked about it. I guess nobody I talked to talked about it at least. So I kind of saw it was like, Oh, that's something to look out for, I guess. But nobody, it had never really been brought up to me before. And then it happened. And then, you know, they, they share like a, a tender moment, you know, at the end before Kylo Ren passes away. And I, I liked that. Like I thought that was earned. Like they clearly had something for each other, but at the end of the day, obviously you can't bring Kylo Ren back like after killing multiple planets and stuff. Like you can't, you can't recover from that in the eyes of the general populace, you know, like he, he was going to die. If he was going to be good, he was going to die. Um, but I was, I was really fine with that. 
at the yeah, and at the end of the day, like I had to live with Palpatine being the main bad guy, and I they did do some cool stuff there at the end with like some of the fight scenes, and then Ray, you know, hearing all of the Jedi and everything. If if they had to do that, like you know, I I guess. It, it could have been worse, but again, I just, I don't like the fact that that had to be there in the first place. Like I really wanted at the end of the day, at, at first I was kind of, I, I was almost insulted. Like with all the nostalgia, like you see Luke's force ghost, you, the X, the old X wing, you see Han, all that stuff in uh, Lando. Like at first I was like, look, I don't want all of this nostalgia. Like I, I want something new. Like we've seen the original trilogy. We've seen how that works and it's very good, but I want to see something different. And some of it, I ended up kind of coming around to a little bit like Luke's force ghost ended up like he, he realized his mistakes and that, you know, that's, that's okay. Like you can grow and realize that maybe your jaded attitude was wrong and, and he was wrong, you know, like the Jedi should continue, I think. And that was, so that I ended up being okay with that. The Han, the Han thing, I really did not like when I first saw it, but the more I thought about it, I thought it was okay because Kylo Ren like I said, like his main thing is about his conflict between these two sides ripping him apart and he has to choose which one. And I think that him killing his dad was at the center of that conflict because he tried to just get rid of all of those bad memories that he had. And that was kind of the, at the center point of all of his conflicting emotions. And I, so I think him seeing his dad in his head at least one last time, I think that was, that made sense actually. I still, some of it, again, like the Palpatine stuff, like we, we didn't need that. Like we can make more original Star Wars content that doesn't all have to tie back to those original movies. Like there's a reason why they tend to do all of the side stuff really, really well. Like Mandalorian is awesome. I love Mandalorian. They did um, like, oh God, um, I'm totally blank. But you know, like they do stuff like Clone Wars and all that. Like they do a lot of really fun stuff when there's no expectations. But the problem is with these Star Wars movies, the, the mainline Star Wars movies at least, is there's too much expectation. And so Disney and Lucasfilms, they're like, they want to play it safe. And what's the safest is doing the um, playing to the nostalgia and people who like the older movies and everything because that that will draw in a ton of people. But I think at the end, it's just going to make things a little stale and just kind of annoying when you're so unwilling to move on from everything that's happened that you just get kind of stuck there. So I don't know. I mean, they're not going to make they're not going to make any new mainline movies for the foreseeable future, at least like they want to focus on more of the side type of stuff, like explore the universe a little bit more, which I'm I'm OK with. Like, I really want to see that. Like I said, Mandalorian has been a lot of fun. Clone Wars was great when they're just kind of exploring all these little offshoots. Star Wars Rebels was very good. I, I haven't seen most of it, but from what I've heard, that's all very good. Fallen Order, like the, the video game, like that's got a really good story. I've heard there's a lot of stuff that they can do. There's so much potential in Star Wars, right? And I think if they really want to focus on just maximizing that potential they can really make something meaningful and really fun and that's so i mean we're, we're gonna this is gonna be the lasting remnants of like the mainline stuff for a while and it, it's disappointing i think to me to me at least like i get that there are a lot of people who are gonna watch that star wars and they're gonna really like it and that that's fine like if they if they just want the nostalgia like you know that works like they can do that and enjoy that and i don't really have a problem with that it's just i guess i want I want something more out of my Star Wars movies at this point in my life. And it doesn't seem like I'm going to get that for a while, at least. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there were cool moments like the, the Kylo Ren and Ray fight. 
on the in the in the old Death Star, the stuff at the end with Kylo Ren fighting the the Knights of Ren. Um, there were there were a lot of neat scenes. The the light speed skipping right in the beginning of the movie, like they do do a lot of cool stuff. It's just all the connective tissue between that. I just had a lot of issues with. But uh, like I said, like there are a lot of people that are going to like that movie and I I wouldn't blame you if you did. It just wasn't for me overall, I don't think. So I am going to go grab some water and then I will do my NFL awards. Those are my thoughts on Star Wars. If you have any differing opinions, let me know. Like I'm actually very curious to see what other people feel about that. So I will start off with coach of the year. And I think that's pretty clear. I mean, there, there's a lot of good candidates. You know, Sean Payton doing what he did without Drew Brees for half a season was phenomenal. Like, I really don't I, I don't think Teddy Bridgewater would have been able to do what he did if Sean Payton was not his head coach currently. Um, so that deserves a lot of credit. I think Sean McDermott has done a really good job getting this team, this Bills team to overachieve and really buy in. And they're gonna they're gonna be in the playoffs. And I mean they can they can probably win a game or two. That that defense is no joke, you know. Um Bill Belichick, I mean, he's never he's not going to win it. But again, Bill Belichick always needs to be in this conversation, and he won't be. But what I, you know, I, I have to say that whatever. It, it's John Harbaugh. It, it is. I mean, the so many t- pre, pretty much every other team I'm willing to wager, except for like four or five teams, would have ruined Lamar Jackson. Like Lamar Jackson would not be the player he is if he did not have a coach like Jim Harbaugh or not Jim Harbaugh. God. John Harbaugh. I, I've been calling him Jim Harbaugh like all week for some reason. I don't know why. So if I do it again, I'm sorry. But like the the like what John Harbaugh and Jim Greg Robin have done, God, I can't talk. Like they've just they've played to Lamar's strengths and they've built a system around him rather than telling him you need to fit in this system. Like I, I truly I'll get in, and obviously I will get into this later. I don't think we've seen a football player quite like Lamar Jackson and we might never see a football player like Lamar Jackson again. He is truly a unique football player and the system that they've built around him, like they've done the perfect job of accentuating his strengths and letting him do what he does best. And now they're destroying the entire league this year. Like, I don't know if the team success that they have is going to be sustained necessarily sustainable over the next couple of years, but what they've done this season has been really really special and they deserve a lot of recognition for that like the offense is totally unique and it it just works and it's beautiful to watch and i can't thank john harbaugh enough for letting this raven season exist so he is my pick for coach of the year uh offensive player of the year it's tough i'm really having trouble because i I don't want to give it to the I don't want to give it to the same guy that I give MVP to, even if that seems a little derivative, you know, it's just how it goes. Um, which is weird because I feel like if I had, a, if I ever picked a defensive player to be MVP, I would probably give them defensive player of the year too. I, I don't know. I, you know, it's just how the double standard is for offense. Um, I had trouble picking between Michael Thomas and Christian McCaffrey and Russell Wilson. Um, I think that Russell Wilson if he had played better the last couple of weeks, he would probably be my pick for MVP. I mean, the stuff that he has done considering the supporting cast around him is nothing short of amazing. Like he's just been awesome this year. And when they had a couple months there where they were actually letting him win them games, he was doing very well with that. You know, he, he's a great quarterback who is held back by a lot of different things, but he's so, he's so, so good. And it's been so much fun to watch him this year. And people, you know, like he, I think he is deservedly like second in the MVP running pretty firmly. And he deserves that. 
But at the same time, I think what McCaffrey and Michael Thomas have done is just really, really impressive also, considering that they're not quarterbacks. I mean, Christian McCaffrey, if he gets 70 receiving yards this weekend, which I, I think they're going to try and get him to, he'll have 1,000 rushing yards and 1,000 receiving yards. And that's insane. Like, that's crazy. Nobody does that. Nobody can do that. The lo- And the load that he carried this year for a team that just struggled a lot in so many different aspects, like it, it's remarkable. And he, and he really didn't break down at all. Like, he's very consistent. He didn't really get hurt and he's going to keep going. I'm a little concerned going forward, all these touches, what they might do for the rest of his career. But this season has just been outstanding. He can, he's a home run threat. He can just get you right between the trenches. He will break a ton of tackles. Like he does everything. He does everything. And he's awesome. I didn't, I, of course, nobody expected he was going to be this good, but seriously, like he's, so, so good. And I know th- there's only so far a running back can carry you, right? I mean, like they had, they were, were they five and two? Were they six and two? They might've been six and two and things were working. Like they, it, it, he was able to carry that team, but eventually, you know, the rest of the team just slowed down a little bit and he can't pick up that slack because he's not a quarterback. Right. But I still have to give him a ton of credit for what he was doing early on in the middle of the season. And he's still been good since then. The team just hasn't been as good because that's not how football works, you know? I think it probably is Michael Thomas. I think it is Michael Thomas. I mean, I don't know if it's a chicken or the egg thing, like because clearly he gets a lot more targets because he's the the only consistent receiver on that offense. Like you know, I've said before, I don't know if Ted Ginn and Traquan Smith are like certainly the most reliable options you would want to have on a Super Bowl contending team like this, but um. So he gets a lot of targets because of that, but at the same time, defenses will devote more resources to him because he's so good. So theoretically, that would take away some of his targets, but it doesn't matter because he just set the record for most receptions in a season. Like the dude, he catches everything. I think I also, he has the highest catch percentage in the league while also catching the most balls, which is crazy. Like some people shouldn't be able to be this efficient while also having as high a volume as you can have. Like that is mind boggling his numbers. And I mean, He's not like a true deep threat. Like people will get mad when you say that because yes, he can break away sometimes. Like he had the 75 yard touchdown against the Rams last year. Uh, last week, he just had a really deep touchdown. It can happen, but that's not his bread and butter, right? Like he's so good just on those outbreaking routes and just like catching these really contested catches that it just works, right? And he's he's so, so good. And I think that he was also a, a lot of the reason that Teddy Bridgewater was able to keep everything afloat there because Michael Thomas is so consistent and reliable that he ch- changes your compl- the complexion of your offense because of what he's able to do. So I think it is Michael Thomas. Like, I don't think he's, I'm not willing to say he's a better receiver than Julio or he, and he's about on par with like DeAndre Hopkins, I would think, but he's in that conversation, obviously. And this is, and he's having a better season than any of those guys this year. What he's done this year is absolutely re- remarkable and deserve, and deserves a lot of praise. Okay, uh, defensive player of the year, I would go Stephon Gilmore. I think that this defense is obviously fit. It's one of the best defenses we've seen in quite a while. And he's the best player, and he's the reason that they're allowed to function like that. Like completely shutting down one receiver changes the way you have to play your offense. And he's just able to do it day after day after day. Like the he gave up the, the 50-yard touchdown to John Brown, which I – I would probably try to argue was actually more of a zone issue with the safety than it was on Stefan Gilmore. And that's the first touchdown he's let up since like week 15 of last year or something. 
Like he he just is so incredibly consistent day in and day out. And he allows them to do what they need to do. They can put extra, they can let their other defensive backs just kind of roam around a little bit more. And then because the defensive backs have less pressure on them, they can send all of the linebackers in on the pass rush to help boost the pass rush. And it, that, that's what allows this defense to be so successful is they don't have a dominant pass rusher, but they don't need one because they're able to send all of their linebackers in on these zero blitzes while the rest of the corners and safeties just handle things the way they handle things. And it works. Like if you if the Patriots play a below average quarterback, they eat them alive. And even like obviously Deshaun Watson and Lamar had pretty good games against them, but you even saw against Mahomes. Like they were able to they were able to keep them in check, the Chiefs offense. So it it's been fun watching this defense this year. I mean, the, the season as a whole has been incredibly frustrating just because of all the the turmoil with the offense and everything, but the defense has been phenomenal. And he's the reason why it's so phenomenal. And I think that that's why he gets this award. I think Chandler Jones deserves mention because he's been ridiculous this year. Hasn't been talked about a ton because he plays in Arizona. But the dude is a machine. Daniil Hunter has been pretty good too. TJ Watt. I just think that Stephon Gilmore and Aaron Donald. I should should mention Aaron Donald too. He's been really good too. But Stephon Gilmore has just... This season, I think I think he he gets this award just because of what he's been able to do for this historically great passing defense. And then this leaves me with MVP. It's Lamar. I don't know what you wanted me to say, but here we go. I mean, I kind of I, I talked about it with Jim Harbaugh or not Jim Harbaugh. Oh my God, John Harbaugh. I don't know what else there is to say at this point. I really don't. Like this dude is a gem. Like we we might never see a season like this again from a quarterback. And I'm I'm very happy to have been able to watch a lot of those games and see him just dazzle everybody on the field i mean the dude is absolutely electric like i i i really really hope he doesn't get hurt in the next couple of years because it, any any explosiveness sapped away from him would just be disappointing to see because what he's able to do right now is ridiculous i'm i'm very curious to see what's going to happen in the playoffs because the only way you're going to be able to beat this ravens team is to be able to score just as often as the ravens are going to score which is going to be all the time so I'm I'm curious to see what teams are going to try and do against the Ravens because they they look unstoppable right now. I, I seriously don't know how you could beat them other than just throwing the ball downfield 50 times a game. But yeah, Lamar Lamar is the MVP. Like this is going to be a season people are going to remember for a very long time. Like this individual season of his is going to like people are going to be on Twitter uh like 15 years from now if, if he's if he's still he might still be playing 15 years from now, honestly, but like, you know how people will go on like Twitter and they'll have those videos of like Dante Hall or somebody. And they're like, Oh, Hey, remember this? Like, this is crazy. Yeah. People are going to be doing this about 2019 Lamar Jackson for decades. They're going to be doing that. And he, and he deserves it. He does like, he's so much fun. So much fun. I, I, I don't, I don't have anything else to say. It's, it's just Lamar. Like everyone, everyone knows it's, it's Lamar. So that's that's my NFL picks. I, I could go into like comeback player of the year, executive player, but I mean, you know, I don't know how much people really care about that right now. And frankly, I'd, I'd have to think about it more than I really want to at this point. So I think we're just going to wrap things up now. So that's all I've got for you guys today. Um, a little bit shorter than most of my episodes. 
but obviously the with the regular season kind of winding down it, it, you know there wasn't as much to talk about but i think so what i'm going to do next week is i'm going to do more of a deep dive kind of on the playoffs because all the matchups will be set so i'll be previewing every single playoff game on wildcard weekend kind of giving you my predictions stuff like that um i'll probably do like a top five movies of the year something like that probably um i might have a couple people on the podcast as guests uh they've been bugging me about it for a while so maybe i'll get them on we'll see um so i definitely i do have a lot of stuff coming next week and it's gonna be a lot of fun uh happy new year guys enjoy all the college football games that are on right now enjoy the nfl this weekend oh i didn't even mention i'm going to the patriots game on sunday i got tickets for christmas i'm super jacked up about that like even you know it's against the dolphins whatever i don't care like it's gonna be so much fun i'm so excited it could potentially be Brady's last regular season game. You know, it it had always been a dream of mine to go see Brady before he retires. I've been saying this for like a year and a half now, and I finally have this opportunity. And it, it's it's just really cool. You know, like football is I love football. I really do. And I, I'm just I'm so happy I'm able to enjoy it and see really cool stuff like this, you know? So that's gonna be a lot of fun. I'll probably talk about how the game went and all that. Um, so yeah, enjoy the college football season. Uh, enjoy the games this weekend for the NFL and uh, have a happy new year, everybody. So happy holidays and I'll see you next week.